Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about our most recent vacation? Uh, heck yeah. I totally do. Awesome. I love vacations. Cue music. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host, who flew from east to west, Phil. And I'm your other host, who just lives here, Senda. That's <laughs> right, folks. Hey, look, we've been off. We um, now we're doing a um, we're doing basically a chit chat episode. If you couldn't guess, um, but we're going to talk about our um, most recent experiences um, with me coming out to visit uh, Senda in Denver, right? Yeah. Just to be clear, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, um, this is one of our chit chat episodes. This is not our standard actually like focus on a gaming topic format. And you might want to go back and just pick one of those if you're really here for some good gaming information. We're going to do uh, kind of a quick recap of some of the cool things that we did and just chat about things and it is literally you know as the title says a chit chat but if you are like oh is there any gaming advice in this episode yes there is well i will actually be talking about a game that we played uh, and we'll kind of get into a little bit of the whole process of how we kind of threw a uh, game together uh, so that we could play during vacation. So we are. There will be gaming talk, and it'll be There's gaming stuff. It's yeah. gonna be gaming stuff, and it's going to be centered around Cortex Prime. Yep. Cool. All right. So with all of that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And yes, thank you for putting the disclaimer in. This is not our normal episode, nor is it our normal. It might be our normal length. Who knows? We'll see what we'll see what happens yeah, when we, we get to the end. Happens. We don't script yeah. these. We don't edit them. So who knows? <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Strap in. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So our topic of um, what gives us life during gaming, I think we shared the same gaming experience. Yes. Uh, during yeah, we same, the same game experience during the week. I, I did play some magic. You did not. Um, no, I don't play magic. I faced off against uh, faced off against your son. Yep. Uh, and once again, keep revealing that I am an old guy playing magic because I put my <laughs> mana in the wrong place. Did they change where the mana goes? Yeah, I, when I, back in the early 90s, when I first started, like when the game first came out and I first started playing, uh, you put your mana at the top and then like oh. you would tap your mana and then you would play your stuff underneath it, um, which didn't really make any sense. It's just how we all learned. When they later switched it in the game, you put your mana at the bottom. You put yeah, your creatures because the creatures are the ones that actually face off like for defenses and things like that. And it's yeah. a lot easier for your opponent to see those if they're closer yes. to the edge. Yes. So anyway, every time I play with your son, I take my first couple mana and I put them at the top and then he pushes them down <laughs> for like, me no. and reminds me that they go at the bottom. <laughs> so I reveal my age like every time I, I play them. Um, but I did. Yeah. I did play. Uh, we played a, a couple games of Commander, and we played some Standard. And um, and I know, I know you don't play Magic, but I did uh, like a long time ago. And I won't buy cards again because I I know the um, hell it's, that comes from buying a, Magic cards. An endless, yes. endless. I did yeah. warn you properly when he got into it. Yep. I, but well, anyway. and I have, I have to be clear. I have stood my ground. I will buy him cards for things like birthdays or Christmas, but I do not buy him cards. Outside of that, any cards that he purchases that are not like a gift, 
right or like a special occasion it's like it's your allowance you can do whatever you want with it yeah i am not funding this hobby (laughs) no and eventually like my parents i now magic was not out when i was um in high school but eventually like my role-playing habit got to a point where my parents told me they were like your allowance is not keeping up with your role-playing hobby like you need to go get a job like that's how I got my, that is literally what my parents said to me to get me my first job was like, right. Your RPG consumption is outpacing your allowance. You need more money. So, yeah, well, actually I was driving my kiddo, um, down to his dad's this morning and, or no, yesterday when we were, we were going on a hunt for school stuff. Um, but, um, and he was like, he was like, I really want to dye my hair this weekend. And I said, cool, I have the green hair dye. And he said, what if we got it professionally dyed? And I said, that's a whole lot more expensive, bud. Um, and then he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, you're in high school. So soon you're going to be able to get a job and you can spend that money on whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, but I'm not going to spend it on getting my hair dyed. I'm going to yeah. spend it on magic cards. And I was like, exactly. See? That's my point. You so, understand. No. We're just going to do it at home. <laughs> like, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now understand. So, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, yes. So you did play some magic. That was fun and cute, and I know that he enjoyed it. Um, oh, I was so. like, I was like totally happy to do it. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's fine. I mean, I, it, I'm not all like, I'm not a competitive magic player. I'm not exceptionally good at playing magic, but I am like, yes, I will. Like, I will play. Like, I will play a few games. So. Well, I know that I remember he he kicked your butt the first game and then handed you his best deck for the second game, if I recall. <laughs> he did a really good job. Actually, the deck he had that he built, it was like it was like really well built and uh, it came out strong and crushed me like it was pretty unmerciful. And I like I like I, I lost pretty handily. And then he yeah. was like, here, take this other deck. And I looked at it and I'm like, holy crap, this deck is like out of control. And <laughs> yeah, it is. It is completely out of control. And it and it's funny because it's funny because um, it's a math thing, right? Because he's like, because yeah. it's Lord Xander. And basically, I won't get too far into this, but every time you attack, mill half your deck, right? And he's like, well, it's never your whole deck because it's a half every time. And I'm like, Oh, I understand how this works. Yeah, the math. This is a sixty lot. Right, this is a sixty card deck. I only have to attack a few times to run you like super, like critically low on cards. Yes. Um, which is what I did, and then I eventually used other cards to burn down his library until he ran them out. Um, I was very proud of myself. That was that game. That that deck is a little more finesse than um, just bang away with monsters, and I pulled it off. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> that's not what we really were talking about gaming that's not wise. what we were going to talk about yeah but hey magic magic is a thing that happened so we so you and i have a a cortex prime game that you and i play called long live yeah. the queen um yeah. content wise that game is not suitable for children no <laughs> that game um the way that we are playing that setting and that content is definitely it is not plus. suitable for children um <laughs> It just isn't. And we're fine with it. It was, you know, through session zero, we have established um, the content level for that game. But also it started started out as thirsty sword lesbians. Like it was the direction we knew we were going when we. Exactly. But it became less swashbuckly. It became more espionage. And so we were like, then we moved it over to Cortex. It made more sense to be more espionage and Cortex. Right. Which then got like less sword fighty and a little more like sexy kind of thing and like it's fine and like we're playing that game it's great obviously we couldn't play that game yeah not with my kiddo <laughs> right 
So we were like, clearly <laughs> we we're not, not doing... expand that one to include him. It would have like, been... Yeah. No. Clearly, that's that's a no. So we so we wanted to have something to play, and like a week, like I don't know, a week before. Yeah, because life life was really crazy. Just to be clear, I had to put my cat down right exactly. before you came out, so it, it was a little bit wild right before. Yeah, that. I mean, there was you know there was some you there know was a lot of life happening. There was a lot of life happening, but like as things stabilized, we were like you know we still would like to play a game, and I said, cool, we should, um, we should make. A cortex game mm-hmm. like i think i could put one like i've now run two other ones i'm running you know ox and i'm running our game long live the queen and i was like i feel confident that i could put another cortex game together fast enough that we could play it and bring it out with me yeah so we like we were like yes let's do that so uh we did we kind of followed what to do in the cortex book which yeah, was the, we f- the actual the actual guidelines? <laughs> yeah, so we figured out like what uh, setting should we play, mm-hmm. and because that setting will then help inform everything else about the game. Yes. So we were like, well, what setting should we play? And then the 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 book gives this great list of genres and is like, pick three and mix them up. Yeah, smash them together. Smash them together, which is a thing I love anyway because I love like cross genre stuff. Uh, so I was like. I was like, okay, like, I think your, I think your son picked uh, sci-fi. He did. That yeah. was his quality. He wanted sci-fi, yeah. and I was he like, sci-fi, because he specifically wanted spaceships. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, cool. I love sci-fi, right? I love me some sci-fi. So cool. That's no problem. And then I'm trying to think what the second element was. Uh. I know the third. The third element the is third high fantasy. Had. Yeah. So sci-fi, high fantasy, and it wasn't swashbuckling because we didn't want to cross. Oh, pirates. Oh, pirates. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So pirates and sci-fi and high fantasy. And the pirates and sci-fi, like that was really easy. Like, okay, pirates and sci-fi. Like that's just space pirates. Yeah, like, okay, space pirates. Piece of cake. But I was like, (laughs) high fantasy. Like how does high fantasy work with all of this? And so like, looking at what are the big components of high fantasy. And again, the Cortex Prime book does a great job of helping with this. Yes. The the major elements that I pulled from it was like, we need magic, mm-hmm. quote magic. Quote magic, yep. And we need good versus evil. That high fantasy is like very clear lines of good and evil. Black and white, yeah. Yes. So I was like, perfect. Like, I like those, like those we could pack in. And so then I was like, oh, we should do like psionics because in sci-fi, psionics is always space magic, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, yes, but like, like you said, in sci-fi, psionics is always like the magic equivalent. And it was like, well, I feel like we can do better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so tell, tell everybody what you tell everybody like the piece. So I asked you and I asked your son for some stuff that you, that, that you wanted in the game and he, and he wanted uh, spaceships. Yes. And I was like, he went spaceships and spaceship combat. And I was like, no problem. No problem. Like, yep. <laughs> can do cortex prime has a section in the back of the book about how to do ships. Uh, and I was like, okay, that will be super easy. So yes, check. Don't worry about that. We're totally doing that. Yeah. So then what I was said yeah, what was your contribution? more complicated, right? Because because we were talking but we literally talked about the psionics part. And I was like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "Um, 
I would be interested in a um, magic or tech as magic based system that was like uh, basically photosensitive, like light based, right? That light was somehow the cause or the um, energy for creating our space magic. And I, did you also suggest the crystal stuff? No, I think you came. Oh, maybe we were. We did just sit there and chat about. We were. It I mean, we did this over one right? conversation. Like, we, we 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 so we we had a conversation about it. I was like, I want it to be light based somehow. Um, and then we kind of riffed for a little while. So um, I don't remember if the crystals ended up being in that conversation or not. Honestly. Or close to it or whatever. They were somehow around it. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, great. Uh, I will like. Let me let me see what I can do with this, right? I had like enough yeah. pieces. I was like, let me go and brainstorm, see what I can come up with. So ultimately, the what I came up with was a setting that we wound up calling Solar Legacy. That is a sci-fi uh, setting that is uh, based around a system that has a blue dwarf star, which is a real star, but actually a star that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, um, a, a real theoretical star that it will take a number of thousands more years before yeah well i think even beyond thousands to exist right like a a many much long time yep yeah so the premise was that oh so that there's this blue star and then there are um crystals and species different species can use the solar energy harnessed through those crystals to do different psionic things that each mm-hmm. species can kind of do a different thing with their abilities, whether it's genetic or whether that's just culturally how they were trained or whatever. We we decided not to. Yeah, um, we haven't established that. Yeah. We didn't want to hard answer it because it might be cool to like mess with yeah. it at some level. Yeah. So anyway, it was like, that was enough of an idea conceptual. And then ultimately what the players would do. So, right. So if we're going to talk about this in the Jason Pitt, um, the pillars, right? So our uh, system was Cortex Prime. Mm-hmm. Our setting is this sci-fi uh, fantasy pirate thing where uh, essentially the system in question was once repressed by this evil AI. That AI was defeated. Uh, and now the system is in the hands of the people. And uh, the people have this uh, solar union, it's called. Um, these four species are, have come together to uh, govern together uh, to protect themselves because surrounding them are more of these evil AIs who have in, who have enslaved other systems. And they realize that by forming a union together, uh, they can protect themselves and each other. And yep. then to that, the situation, i.e., who are the players and what do they do? Uh, you are solar rangers. Yes. Children. Children of the rebels who freed the system. Yes. Yes. Which is hence the solar legacy, right? Yes. Uh, which actually oh, plays in legacy. a couple. It's one of the terms of the solar legacy. The other one is that yeah. you are descendants who can use the solar power. That yes. is also a solar legacy. Which is also super cool. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and then we would do this kind of like high flying, like fly through space in your personal ships and help people be good, do good things because this is, um, this is good versus evil high fantasy. Yes. Cool. All right. So that was our setting. I, and I took like, I think an evening. Yeah. Uh, yeah an yeah. evening you're, or two. Like, yeah. We had a quick conversation about it and you were like, I don't know about this light thing. And I, the next I really day didn't. you were like, I got it. <laughs> I really didn't. But so, I was like, awesome. <laughs> actually, this might be my first teachable thing. Yeah. So initially when you said it to me about light and crystal, 
I was like, ugh. In my head, right? I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like, know. It sounds know real. Sounds like real 80s, new age, like <laughs> kind of, you know, crystal I mean, loving. This this setting, to be clear, could absolutely be an 80s cartoon. Oh, like I could make an 100%. 80s toy line out of it. 100%. Yeah. This, which is part of what I love about it. Yeah. This could be a Hasbro like toy line yes. kind of thing. So anyway, absolutely. when you said it to me about crystals and light, my initial reaction, right, was like, oh. And I almost wanted to like X card it out kind of thing, like, oh, pick something else or whatever. But what I've come to learn from a creativity standpoint is like never throw things away, especially if you if you aren't comfortable, like not comfortable as in like I wasn't comfortable safety wise. I wasn't I didn't know what to do with it. Right. So I was like, no, I'm going to hold on to it and I'm just going to use it as a constraint and let let's let me just see what happens. Yes. Like, let me just see what happens when I spend a little time brainstorming and kind of working it together. And I did. I like I just, you know, I went about my day and I was kind of like messing around and, you know, in my head kind of thing. And I finally when I connected the um, when I connected the idea that the crystals harness power, but like that each species uses their like innate psychic abilities to use the powers differently. Yeah. Then I was like. Oh yeah. Cool. Like 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 <laughs> cool. now we have something. Yeah. Okay. So again, and and the teachable moment from that is really when you are brainstorming up stuff and people are putting it out on the table, like don't dismiss anything out on the table. You just don't know until you sit and do the creative process which pieces are going to connect and how they're going to connect. Okay. Yeah. Um I I, I have an interesting connection on that, so I, I this yeah, is not good. related specifically to your trip out, but I finally played my first session of Brindlewood Bay last Thursday, and the really interesting thing about Brindlewood Bay is the way that you solve the mysteries yep. is um, that... You just make it up. Right, but you have a series of clues. Yes, you have to collect and, enough clues to get the roll, to get a bonus on the roll. Yes. Yes. So, so actually, specifically, the move is there is basically a difficulty on the mystery. The mystery we were playing was a six, right? And you have to um, you have to get enough clues. Well, you don't have to, right? You could roll anytime you wanted. If we rolled with no clues to solve the mystery, we would be rolling at a negative six. Yeah. So every clue you get reduces that um, amount of like difficulty. And then the more clues you get after six, um, you get as bonuses. So we got seven clues. And then we said, cool, we're going to solve this mystery at a plus one, right? But you don't just get to bonus those in, right? Like you only get the, the, the plus one for every clue that you involve in your theory of how the mystery, like of what actually happened. You have to incorporate. Yeah. So you have to incorporate. So we had to incorporate all seven clues to get our plus one on that roll, um, which was really interesting because there were a couple that I was like, okay, like I got this for like five and then <laughs> like, and then there's these two. Like, what do we do with these two? Um, so that was really interesting. And I also think it's, um, it's a really interesting game from the perspective then that like literally as she was giving out the clues, Andy is running this game, as she was giving out the clues, she's like not telling us a ton about them because part of the goal is that these clues remain amorphous enough that you can warp them into what you need them to be to link them all together. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, otherwise, you, otherwise you are using the, like, otherwise you would be using the clues to drive towards 
a story. Like a specific yes. known solution. Yeah, but so like, you know, when you get a letter that is from a soldier to his love and you can't determine the age on it and you don't know who it's from, it's easier to incorporate that and be like, oh, the fisherman must have, you know, once been a soldier in his youth and this is a letter that he wrote to the dead man's wife and, you know, whatever, right? So like, but it's easier to do that when it doesn't say who it's from. Anyway, um, sorry, that was connected for me based, just based on like, from the perspective of driving creativity with specific constraints. Um, and like, you're talking about it doing it in terms of like brainstorming and bringing together a setting that includes and incorporates all the details that people are interested in playing. Like you can also do it from a mechanical perspective. I think Br Brindlewood Bay does it really well that tells you, here's what you do now, figure it out. Um, and then using that to create story. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's just, again, don't turn down, you know, don't, don't turn tr anything down. I mean, if we had wanted to, we could have left one out and rolled it a zero, or we could have gone and found more clues and just picked specific ones. Maybe some of them weren't actually involved, right? But we were hitting our time limit. We just decided to do it. <laughs> okay, so once anyway, we... back to Solar Legacy. Yes. Back to Solar Legacy. Once we had the setting down, I was like, okay, I'm setting. The thing I got hung up on was like, who are these four species? And for that actually lucked out because I forget who was talking to me about it earlier in the week, but I went to Hero Forge. It which might have is been Bob because he talked about it on the podcast a bunch. Yeah. So Hero Forge, for those who don't know, um, is a website where you can uh, design and 3D print your own custom miniature. Very cool. Yes. The cool part is the tool for designing it is so good in terms of making characters that yeah. like i honestly like i don't play games where i use minis but i would buy this software just to make characters do character design stuff yeah yeah so what i did was i just like went into hero forge and i made four species yeah and because we were doing sci-fi fantasy like it was easy i was like oh i want um a human type an elf type a cat person. A type. cat person for you, of course, <laughs> right? A cat person uh, and a dwarf I type. It. Yes. And I like went through and like gave them some like generic looks. I purposely colored them all differently. Um, like no, like I no uh, Caucasian colorings whatsoever. They're all different colors, right? Yeah, like, like you got um, red lizards and you yeah. Got oh, I forgot the lizard and... people, right? That was the fourth yeah. one, right? So, mm -hmm. oh, and no humans. I I, I said no human. Humans. I said human. I did not use human. I no nope. humans in my sci-fi. Um, nope. So it was lizard folk, elf, dwarf, and cat people. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I made them up and I like just you know screen capped. The pictures. But once I did that, I was like, I now understand what these species look like and can quickly kind of. And then I quickly figured out like, well, how each one uses their powers. Like, yeah. Now that's just narratively. Yes. So then what you and I did, we did this without your kiddo because we just he, I think he was sleeping and we just had time to do it one evening. Uh, we went through and picked all the Cortex mods. Yeah. Now, well, and, and also we were a bit more familiar because he hadn't played it before. Yeah. Now, I I actually do this a little differently in the book. The book lays out the Cortex mods and then eventually, like in Chapter 3, gets to making characters. But I have found I like it much better when I figure out how to build the characters first and then yeah. go back and build and pick all the mods. Yeah. 
mean, um, you have to do a little bit of bouncing back and forth, but yeah. So we did. We picked out which uh, prime sets. We, like we picked out our prime set. Like which uh, character building blocks we were going to use, and we did not do anything super uh, fancy. No, we we went with stat. Yet. We went with stats and skills. Yep. Which was fine for this game. I was like, that's fine. You and I quickly um, made up a skill list. We made up yep. the stat list. Yep. And. Um, once we had those in place, picked a few other character options. And then I went through the book and was just kind of like, oh, I think I want to use this mod. I want to use this mod. What do you think? And I just kind of like bounced them off you. And then uh, basically we had a Google Doc that just has our character creation uh, uh, procedures in it. Yep. And then just has the list of all the other mods. Yeah. And then, and then I threw together a character sheet. <laughs> yeah. And then you made a character sheet. And which so, I'm going to make prettier still. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was perfectly fine for the beginning. So I flew out and got out there. And I think our f- second night there, we did our session zero and made characters. Yes. Which Andy did too. So hopefully she'll get to play. Yeah. Cause time. in a future time when I come out, like yeah. we're going to, Andy's going to play as well. Yeah. So I, um, so we did that and I had some idea who you guys were. And we had a chance to actually build characters and all of that and kind of see what they looked like. Mm-hmm. Thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I needed an adventure. Yes. And so uh, not to ring my own bell, but ding, ding. <laughs> I went to the tried and true uh, masks. Yep. I'm sorry, not masks. Eureka. Eureka. 501 plots for busy game masters. Yeah, boy. Uh, it's A like book that have... I still publish to this day. Yep. And, <laughs> That's what uh, I was going to say. And I flipped through it and I actually found one of my, one of the plots that I wrote. And I, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, I could totally adapt this to this game. Like piece of cake. So I like really quickly, like, um, I really quickly one morning, I think you were making breakfast or something. And I knocked out, I knocked out the adventure. Uh, and then we played the next night we played and, uh, the guy, I thought the game came out really fun. I think it did too. Um, and just, you know, from a player perspective here, um, I, you know, did exciting things. Um, like I basically created sort of a kind of a hotshot pilot cat person. And so all of her special effects, both for her ship and for herself are Han Solo lines, right? Like, yeah, all the names of your, all the names of your, um, special effects and things like that. They're all like, don't tell me the odds. And I don't remember what are the, what are some of the other ones? Uh, for, uh, what is it? So many parsecs. Um, right, 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 yeah. When your ship um, goes really fast or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, which is one for my ship basically overclocking it so yeah. it can't go faster. Um, and there's one, oh, I don't remember. I don't, but, I don't but, but, but they I think, are, and it was fun, and I it feels very um, inspiring. And I think overall, they played really well. Well, it inspired my kiddo. He ran off and started another Cortex game despite having literally not read the entirety of the book. So he is using um, pretty much the same mods that we did and like had me just give him the character sheet and then he ran off and started playing more Cortex um, with his friends and had so much fun with the game that they were playing in Cortex that there was a lot of like, please, can we do it again tomorrow? Like, so... I consider that a success. I think, yeah, massive success. Um, Now, I will say that one of the things I did because we were playing with your kiddo and he's very familiar playing other role-playing games was one of the mods I picked was action-based roles, which which it makes it feel very much like 
other role-playing games where you make tests for skill checks and combat and things like that. There are other ways to deal with all that. Uh, Like in Ox, we do that a bit differently. Yeah. But action-based was... Action based was what I was like. This will be the easiest to explain, yeah. um, and the uptake was really quick. Yeah. So, fantastic! Um, it went like it went well. And so here, kind of like the takeaways I think I have from putting together a Cortex game within a week, right? Yes, it was sort uh, of a short turnaround. It was a short turnaround. It can <laughs> it can be done, but it's so in comparison to something like if people are familiar with Fate, yeah, it's not as fast as Fate, right? No. Where because Fate is basically a game. Like that's set. And then if you're doing like, if you're doing core, you have to like just, you have to like clean up the skill list. And if you're doing um, accelerated, you may not even have to do anything. The approaches may be just fine, or maybe you're going to rename some approaches. Maybe, maybe not. Not much, which is why I always, I'm like always an accelerated gal. Yeah. And so then like generating something, right? Exactly. Right. And so then like really all you're doing after that is like, how do the fate things fit the setting we made up? It's pretty straightforward. When you're doing it in Cortex, there's like an actual extra step. Like you actually have to like come up with a setting, build a game. Yeah. And then move, like then go into like session zero character creation and then like run a session. So it does actually require like one extra step. And I don't think that step is bad. And I don't even think it's that hard. Like going through the book and picking mods is not really that hard. And the more you're like familiar with the book, like the easier it is to just kind of look through and be like, oh, I definitely want this. I want that kind of thing. I mean, I think what you're really basically saying is that Cortex Prime has a session negative one. Yes, right? there is a negative like, one session. And and that might be something that like in this particular case, it's something that you did, right? But it is totally feasible that that is also something that you do at the table as a group. Oh, right? I did that. Ox, right. you and I With did it Ox, for... And we did it for Long Live the Queen, exactly. right? Like, I just want to make it clear, like, um, and that's how I would probably normally do it, but because of the weird of life and, you know... Well, well we wanted to get this together we and needed to, to do it fast. We wanted to get this together. So. We needed to do it fast, so you went and made some decisions. But um, I would also say, I would also say AGM could very much uh, sit down and say, I'm trying to build this type of game. I'm going to go put these yeah. mods in it and just bring it to the players. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, as is kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. So either so, way, yes, but there a could minus be a, one. a minus one session, whether that's just the GM or whether that's a whole table thing. And it's the um, what mechanics support the style of game that we want this to be. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. which of these chunks are we putting together yep. to make this play that we want? Yeah. And then I did have to build one mod myself. I wanted to build something for the um, solar crystals. Yeah. So I kind of came They're up cool. with this um, cool little chunky mod where um the solar crystal is basically a tableau of 4d6 mm-hmm. and you can uh you can pull you can pull dice out of it uh based on your species and the skill level that you have in this particular skill attunement you can do different things with your dice like as the cat person the Luxar or something like I think that's the species name. Uh, you can use your solar power. You can use your solar energy to enhance your physical body. Mm-hmm. So the first one I think makes you faster or makes you any athletics check. You can spend. You can put your. You can put a d six from your tableau, your solar crystal, yes. into that roll. Yeah, I can just add an additional die like in there. 
Right. And then I think the next level makes you stronger. If you mm-hmm. have to do anything with um, vigor, you can mm-hmm. you can also now grab a die from the tableau and put it in. And your last one was self-healing. If you need to make a treat check on yourself, you can pull a die. And for... Um, for the lizard people, it was technology based. They could use their psychic, their solar powers to charge up their technology. Um, the dwarven species, they could do it to make their weapons better, and the elves could do um, light based, like magic, quote magic. They could make like bolts and illusions and shields and stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was kind of a cool little mod, and it was fun to write. And I just you know quickly came up because I wanted something unique. So I pulled all the other mods were much very much right from the book, but I wanted to like add one mod to kind yeah, of make this cool. Flavor it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So And I like it because basically what you did by putting that mod in is that's the magic system for the game. Yeah. Like yeah. Th- there it is. That that's that's what that actually is, is that the magic system. And and, so. and in that mod there's like how the um how they recharge, like how you get yep. dice back into the tableau. There's mm-hmm. a thing you can actually do where you can make an attunement. You can do an attunement scene and actually make a skill roll and swap your effect die for like one of the make, dice in the tableau. So you can put a you can put dice higher bigger. dice in there for later. Yeah. Um it's got some it's got some gamey pieces to it. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get to engage with it very much yet, but I we really... We played one session. I know. Well, like, we played one, like, two-hour session. Um, but I am excited about the idea of it, and I think it's really cool, just yeah. to be clear. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Okay, so that was our that was our gaming, and again, just like a real under... Like, just a real high-level view of Cortex Prime. I will say this. Cortex Prime, for me, is probably the most excited I've been about a system in a while. I really like... I like the core system... I like the build a um, build a game kind of thing, yeah. uh, and I really like how it runs. I, I like as a GM, it gives me enough stuff to do. Yeah, it it gives me enough stuff to do that I'm engaged in the game. Not too much stuff to do, where I'm kind of like swamped by the game. Like it's yes. a really nice. Um, it has balance. a really nice balance. If people want us to talk more about some Cortex stuff later. We could totally talk about like like we could talk about the mechanics behind Log Live the Queen and yep. um, things yeah, like totally that could. as well because um, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool, and we're we're still playing it. We're playing Long Live the Queen tonight. Yeah. Okay. We cool. Definitely are. All right. <laughs> anyway, so that was what was giving us life in gaming. We um, we also did some non gaming stuff. So I thought we could talk about a couple of couple of things that we did uh, that that gave us life. So would you like to do one? Sure, but I think so. I think. Even though this is chronologically not the order in which no, we I think did it's them, fine. I think that we should first say that we went to Meow Wolf because to me that is the bridge between gaming and not gaming, right? Because uh, I absolutely <laughs> like that. And we've talked we've talked about Meow Wolf before, but can you in thirty seconds kind of encapsulate what Meow Wolf is? I mean, can you in thirty seconds encapsulate what Meow Wolf is? Yeah, I think the okay, best way to explain Meow Wolf is Meow Wolf is an entertainment art installation mm, that yes, well done. Uh, that that it is intera- It is an interactive art um, entertainment installation. It is a building, and it is made. It, it tells a story about a um, kind of multi-dimensional. Um, event that has happened convergence yes a convergence um, it's called convergence it Station, is literally right? a convergence and yeah. 
you can like you can just walk through it and look at the interesting things, but there is actually um, there is actually a game inside of it. There is a narrative game inside yes. of it, and, and there's I actually love some. It. And there's some game theory to it. Like yeah. when I like I started playing, you get this card and as you go through, you collect these, um, they're called mems, but like they're memories and you collect yeah. them from different spaces. And the thing is, and I know this because I've played a bunch of app games and things like that. Yep. Like it uses some game theory yep. because very early on, you get some really interesting things to kind of hook you yep. and get you excited about it. And so, and the idea is that like, you probably could stay there for a bunch of hours and get it all done in one. If if you talk to them at the front desk, they tell you that it takes about three hours to complete. Yeah. I think that's utter lies because I it took me three trips to complete it and we stayed yeah. for three to four hours every time. And now, I, you know, maybe we weren't doing it in a really focused way, right? Like, well, and I think that's I right. Know, and I think but, that's the draw, right? The draw is like, it is um, interesting and like, you'll want to come back and learn more. Yeah. And so uh, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to do that, um, you guys gave me like the like the tour of your favorite parts. Yeah. And but which was you, totally cool. But it still made you start the story. So oh, that yeah. you got the experience. Right. Oh, yeah. Like and then and then like um, and we still kind of maybe have to go back and do this. But since I have all of the unlocked story pieces, like you can actually go. Um, see all of it and it's very cool but anyway see that was way more than 30 seconds the, I got the first part down um, but anyway so the, so it was, it was a ton of fun right it was it was a really fun experience the place is the place is a blast if you are in Denver uh, and you're looking for something to do and even better indoors so weather you know yeah, weather you, don't matter. worry about what the weather in, is in the winter they have a free coat check so that's really yeah nice. so you, you know and it's and it's really neat like I there are a couple different um there are a couple different realms in it and uh it had a really cool actually uh, yeah it had a really cool alien cyberpunk one that i liked yes um i knew that you would (laughs) yeah like i was very much about about c street like that was like that all the other ones are really cool and i like those as well but like that was my jam yeah i figured c street was probably going to be your jam i'm i'm kind of a Numina Emia kind of gal. That doesn't um, surprise me in the least. Yeah, I know. But there's also like the library and just, oh man, I don't know. I love it all. I took a good picture of you in the library. That's true. It was a really good picture. Like finally have a good picture. Wound up on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, all right. So all right. We so we did Meow Wolf. Wolf. Meow That's Wolf our bridge. Spread. That was, yes. um, you know, and if you, <laughs> I, I've talked about Meow Wolf uh, before on this show a bunch or at least in the Bamboo Lounge. I don't even remember. Um, I have had very good experiences there. This time was no different. And um, it is and it is and continues to be for me the bridge between um, art gallery, entertainment room and like LARP. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, and you could totally LARP through it and all of that. Like, I have done. Yep. <laughs> I have done. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Cool. Yep. Um, the next thing we did, which again, not in chronological order, but we went to um, the Highland Games. Yeah, we did. The Denver <laughs> Highland Games. Uh, I have been many times in my life, I, I by, um, by last name, this is probably not well known if you know me or have known me through time. Uh, I am half Scottish. My mother is from Scotland. So um, I have spent uh, many a time in my youth in the summer going to various Highland games in the New York, Connecticut, 
like try like that tri-state area thing and so i love going to highland games and when we found out there was one in denver i was like yes we have to go <laughs> so um, we did and I it think, was i think it's a lot smaller maybe than the ones that you have previously well there's two to. reasons for this right yeah. uh, one it was the first time um that the highland games had been back in denver since covid yeah this was the first one so i think one years, i yeah. think there was um I think it was small because it was like the rebuilding year. Yeah. Um, but they had most of the things that I was looking for. They, they there was dancing. Yep. Highland dancing. Yeah. We uh, watched there were some bagpipes. Tiny, adorable children dancing oh, yes. with swords, and they were so tiny and so cute. <laughs> those those were very cute. Like it's really cute watching those. Um, there were pipe bands, a yep. few. Yep. Um, and uh, there were the actual Highland Games, including my favorite. We got to see uh, the Caber Toss, the mm-hmm. women's Caber Toss. Um, that is my all-time favorite. I love the Caber Toss. Um, I myself have thrown a light, uh, have tossed a light Caber before. And actually, um, I could tell this in the lounge, but my dad, in his youth, actually did the caber toss and it is why my grandfather adopted him into the family like oh man was, i do have to hear this story yes. now i'll tell that story i can tell that story lounge. in the lounge yeah, 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 yeah. um I, the only thing i was sad about was they did not have um high like the food that is typically at highland games i was yeah, hadn't work i was i was kind of a little like i was excited for the idea of getting some like wee meat pies or even some fish and chips or something um they didn't have any of it there, which was okay. Again, like this was a rebuilding year, but we had a lovely time. Also, I almost got heat exhaustion. Um, yeah, so then we fled because it was very hot. Um, it was hot. The, like, thing, the thing about Colorado is that the sun is closer and like standing out in the sun when the temperature is already kind of warm. Like it was not cool. It was, what was, it was probably like 90 and then standing in the sun and having that sun just beat down on you, like it's a lot. I did good for a while, you and did we good were drinking for a while. water, and we yep. and there was that delicious lemonade yep. place that we made had you know cold drinks, and yep. I was carrying around my parasol because like it was like I, I do because I have done the Renaissance Festival yes. for many years here, and I know exactly what I'm getting into, and I was like shade both of us <laughs> but and we got to we got to a point a couple out like an hour or two in where i was like oh i'm kind of a little nauseous and you were like yep we gotta go time like, to go <laughs> like, we gotta get you back under air conditioning and so yeah. we did um but we we had seen we got to see the um the opening of the games we got to see the procession of the um we got to see the bands we got to see the various clans of which my clan was out there with a banner i was not yeah. expecting to see some johnstons out there but there were i mean it um, wasn't a large contingent nope, but they were nope. definitely there they had but they had a banner and yep. i was like and then there were the dogs on. There was many doggos. Oh, the, the doggos are cute. <laughs> I sadly they did not have if you and someday we'll, maybe we'll go to one up here um, where they do the um, sheep herding with the doggos. That would be so cool and to see. It's in very real life. cool. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool to watch the um, and they. It's amazing. Like just a few commands and these dogs like run out and like just they move the sheep into the net like from one pen to another. It's so cool. Anyway, so we got to do that. And then afterwards, to cool off, we were like, we need something to eat. Well, yeah, it was also was... like one thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, or we had breakfast, like, but yeah, but it was late. Oh, we, we had that delicious. Late. We went we... to the bakery for breakfast. Oh, that yeah, was... 
I forgot that that's what we did that morning. That, that, ba- that bakery is listed in TripAdvisor. So like. It's really good. It's a European bakery. And Drove it past was it this morning. <laughs> delicious. Anyway, so we were looking for a place to eat. And previously, when we were walking around near, near in your neighborhood, I had spotted, um, I had spotted a restaurant. I was like, what is that place? And you're like, I don't know. It's new. And we looked and it was a uh, Korean fried chicken. Which is fantastic. Just to be clear, I am sad because it replaced the ramen place. Yes. And I never actually went to the ramen place, but always intended to, but always forgot about it and was really excited to try said ramen place. And now it is gone. But it's okay because it was replaced by Korean fried chicken, which is so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we went to the, we went to the Korean fried chicken place and we just like ordered um, I don't know. It was like this. There was like, like it was. The, there's two sauced chickens. Let's get those. Yes, we're like both of those. Both and, one of each and the fries. Oh my! The fries. Everything about that place was, was delicious. So like the fried. I mean, the, the it was boneless chicken fried, and this um, the there was the one spicy sauce. And then there was the soy garlic, which also Ooh, was yeah. kind of spicy. In retrospect, not eating it against the secret sauce. Um, the next, the like a while later when I ate the leftovers, I was like, actually, this has a bit of a kick too. We just didn't notice because we were eating both of them at the same time. And it seemed like it was less spicy. In actuality, it just has a kick that hits you about 30 seconds after you've swallowed. It was pretty right? delicious. Like, it was <laughs> it, really good. We we oh, we chowed down pretty nommed, hard on that. We nommed that. Yep. We nommed that. So that very well. that was very enjoyable. Um, had like really really enjoyed that. That was um that was a real treat to have found the place. We had once found another um Korean fried chicken place in Denver when we were looking for yes. taiyaki. Yeah, it's by the one place in town where you can get taiyaki, which is called Snow. And uh I'm willing to drive apparently 40 minutes across town to get a taiyaki sometimes. That's uh, that that's legit. Yeah, not often, but it has happened. Right. <laughs> So yeah. So anyways, we we did that. I I and then like the rest of the trip, like we we ate well. Um, I I taught we you ate, the egg. I taught we, you the egg roll in a bowl recipe. We actually didn't cook that much at home because we ate a lot of leftovers. Because we yeah. had tacos, and I made like I made this really fantastic chicken tinga taco recipe, but it's a slow cooker recipe, and it made you know enough for an army, which we then proceeded to just eat in different ways. The first night oh, we sure. had them as tacos, and later we had them as tostadas, and. You know, and then we made one other food, which was the egg roll in a bowl, which which was a big hit. Was a huge hit. Your whole house enjoyed it. Oh man, um, yeah, so that was good. Literally, sent it with my child to school yesterday because he made me make it again. He didn't make me, but he kept asking for it, so I was like, "Fine." I mean, you know I'll what? When your kid plan. likes a food, you're like, "Yeah, okay, okay we can do well, this." Well, not not just that. When my kid likes a food that's full of green vegetables. It, it really is. Right, because right? it's literally like, like half or more cabbage and carrots, and yep. he loves it. I'm like, okay. Just going to keep feeding this to you until you're yep. bored. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I actually just made it um, this week. Yeah. So, excellent. All right, cool. I don't know. Does that, um, I think that, pretty does much that constitute it. a... I think that's a show. Sure. Probably. Okay, so... Listen up, folks. That was our trip. Thanks for listening. Um, hope that you picked up a few things about Cortex Prime. If you have questions about Cortex Prime, let us know. We'll absolutely answer more of them. Um, in addition, um, 
Not an addition, just that. And next week, when we come back, we'll pick up a regular jamming topic. Yeah. In fact, if you have any, send them our way. Send them our way. This is your chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have some in the backlog, but you know. But uh, you know, we have some on, on I sometimes deck, just, but yeah, we just, don't necessarily do them in order. So if you send us something and it, it, it sparks, uh, you know, passion or, or, a, a, a an immediate response to it, just, you know, we'll just do it. We just kind of reach in, feel around for whatever grabs us and pull it out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Um, send up in order to get to the closing of the show. Um, we need to talk about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. And by the look on your face, you look a little con- you look a little concerned. So why don't we talk about the Misdirected Mark, um, oh, which yeah. is a show that I co-host. I along, was, I um, mean, I can I can bespoke any of them. The question would you was, like to? Would you just go ahead and bespoke the Misdirected Mark? Real sure. Quick. I was like, good. I just don't know which one I'm on. Um, and usually that means we end up talking about the Gnomecast. But I'm happy to talk about the Misdirected Mark podcast, um, on which you can hear Phil, Jerry, Bob, and Chris. Um, espouse GMing, game design, playing, mechanical, all kinds of advice, both to entertain and inform you, a listener, mm-hmm. and um, and going through some cool gyrations of formatting right now that I think are uh, a neat evolution um, and are currently continuing to be in process, and I just continue to be excited to hear what the next episode sounds like again, so... Yeah, Now's probably you, a good time to jump in. <laughs> uh, so you can pick it up on your normal podcasting um, locations, right? That's fine. Um, or, uh, if you prefer, um, we are taking segments of the show and putting them up on their own on YouTube. True facts. So if you go to the misdirected Mark YouTube page, uh, you can actually just watch it. Like if you don't want to do the whole, um, 90 minute show, yep, you can go, you get can get the, verbs. the, you can get the core section yep. of the show as like a, like less than 20 minute YouTube content. Yep. And some shorts and stuff, because sometimes when we make a funny or something, um, those now get spun out into their own videos because, you know, they're funny. Anyway, that's Misdirected Mark. Senda, where do people talk to us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can theoretically find stuff. Um, from the network in general on the Misdirected Mark YouTube uh, channel um, from multiple shows. Um, you can also drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can find us on TikTok. Um, have fun with that. Uh, love to see you there. Don't really post very much, but very mm-hmm. excited to link up with people. Um, and Phil, once they find us in one of those places where they've written down that email address, what can they do with that information? Yeah, send us some questions, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, questions, concerns, I things you want us to, uh, you know, expound upon, whatever. Um, our goal here is to make your GMing better by smoothing out the things that you maybe you don't like to do. Maybe you're not um, particularly skilled at doing. Uh, they give you trouble, whatever. Uh, what we want to do is help you with those to make all of that better because... This is the goal of the podcast is now the goal of podcast now <laughs> it has evolved. is yeah is to help you keep gaming. We want you to keep gaming. This hobby persists because GMs are still willing to run games. Now, so we want to do that for you. We want to make your GMing more better fun. And in doing so, you'll just run more games. You'll run them for more people. You'll run different types of games. You'll run all sorts of games. Uh, I have made it 40 years in this hobby um, by, you know, 
and I've made so many mistakes. Let me be the cautionary tale for you in so many ways, right? So many places I can help you. Um, and Senda's no slouch either. I'm just older than her. So 30 years of role playing. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the only reason I have 10 years on you is literally the fact that You're I'm just older than you. 10 years older than me. Yes. So, um, so yeah, like, you know, combined, we know and done a lot of stuff. We can help you. Um, we will pour our knowledge into making your games better. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, hit us up on the old Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You get access to the Slack Room for Life. Fantastic place. Chat up people. Um, we even just opened a new channel for Tech Talk because our um, tech nerds were talking too much in the main channel. <laughs> And by request, of, of, some of, the, by request of some of the other people, they were yeah, like, hey, can, can you, just, you know, maybe what? not. <laughs> and I was like, we can always just make a channel for people. Right. Mm-hmm. So now so now our tech nerds, our developers and other IT geeks are all in their own room chatting away, which is perfectly fine. But we have topics on gaming, on cooking, like all sorts of stuff. Star Trek, whatever. Um, enjoy them. That's what you get um, primarily. Now, other things you get as a patron. Some of the videos do not go up onto YouTube. So some of those videos that we are making out of the Mr. Mark sometimes just go straight to our patrons. Uh, Other things go to our patrons as well, such as the um, after show from the Mr. Mark and the Bamboo Lounge from this show. So and maybe you're getting a silly lasers and feelings game about everyone playing Faye Valentine. So it's kind of like, you know, being John Malkovich, except everyone is Faye Valentine. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that yeah, happens. you're messing around with something. Um, <laughs> and honestly, if people were, um, I need, I, I don't want to promise this until I understand licensing better. But like, honestly, like the notes we have from our, like the Solar Legacy thing, if people were like, oh, I'd love to see what that looks like. Like, yeah, we could, right? like, we could share those. Like, they won't be, you know, incredibly well formatted, but I can't just drop them yet until I kind of understand a little bit more. Right. Yeah. With about Cortex, Cortex licensing, licensing because yes. I, I, I heart Cortex. And don't want to upset them if I do something, you know, wrong. So we'll yes. figure it out. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that was very smooth. Do it again. Anyway. <laughs> okay. If you are already a patron, thank you very much. Uh, if you're unable to patron the show, we totally understand. No problem. There's one more thing you can do that will help us immensely. It's a huge help to us. It involves a little bit of your time, and we understand that that is also worth money. But if you just had a few minutes, there's a thing that helps us out um, immensely. Senda, what is that thing? Well, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Um, The new reviews really just, they help people find the show. They help the algorithm a little bit. Um, and then they also literally when somebody's looking for a show, you know, it's a way to say, hey, this one's great. Um, and also they make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. And it's kind of funny. I can't um, track all of them all the time. And also I can't see the non-US um, ones by default. So if you leave it somewhere that's not Apple Podcasts US, like, let me know because I'll go read them. Or at least let me know if it's nice. Like, if you hate us, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But if you left a nice review somewhere, I totally want to read it. Like, that is the kind of um, endorphin boost that sometimes gets me through a day. So <laughs> let me know. And thank it's you fair. so much to everybody who's already left a review. It's fair. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Uh, say, Senda, what do you think we should do for our next 
installment of Solar Legacy. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got. Bloop! <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> <laughs> what a notice that? <laughs> Or, or what? No, right? Like that call. That's editor's, editor's prerogative on that one. What? I don't. I do not want to have to make that decision. Editor's prerogative. <sighs> Feel free to put it in. Okay. You listen to it. You listen to a post. You listen to a post, and if you think it can go in, put it in. Put it in the lounge. I mean, we can put it in. It just depends on how how exactly precise you want to be to the world. <laughs> I mean, do you think at this point somebody who gets the bamboo lounge is going to be like, "What?" Like so shocking. So, so shocking. 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 We have to lead into a show here because as <laughs> much fun as this is, I have a house to clean and dinner to make tonight and um you may have I to go mow a lawn. I, yeah, it hasn't managed to start raining yet, so I'm still on the hook for that. Yes. All righty. Ready? <sighs> yes. Okay. Bloop. Do, do. Do, 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 do,